today. I will hear the word of God. I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. We thank you that your spirit will lead us. And most of all, we thank you that our hearts are receptive. As I have decreased, I thank you for your anointing rising up to teach your people your word. We declare that truth, signs, wonders, and miracles will follow the spoken word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, we discussed the topic of understanding the seasons for your life. Say this with me. Say, understanding the seasons of my life. And because I'm using this time to freestyle, I just, I just wanted to continue in this vein of thought. Because all seasons of our lives are important, it is critical to know what season we're in and make quality choices to keep us in a good season, get us out of tough seasons, and create quality seasons for the future. Contrary to popular belief, we can determine what type of fruit that is producing in our current season so that our future seasons are enjoyable. Do you know your life as a believer should be better than it was than when you were unbeliever? I mean, consistently, for the most part. For the most part, your life as a believer should be better than it was when you were an unbeliever. I mean, I've been saved now. I'm talking about walking with the Lord for 20 Five years. I didn't backslide like some of you all. I stayed on track with God. Now watch this. My life as a believer is better than it was when I was an unbeliever. Now, I didn't forget what it was like to be an unbeliever. But the the ways of an unbeliever are really kind of almost purged out of me. Because you have to understand now, I was only an unbeliever for 20 years. Amen. So if I've been an unbeliever for 20 years and now it's been 25 years that I've been a believer, what is that? 45, make that 44. So 44, I'm 44, I'll be 44 next month, all right? Okay, now, what I want to do this morning, today's message is entitled, Producing Fruit in Your Season. Producing Fruit in Your Season. And the reason I want to share this message is because many times in believers' lives, what happens is we go through snags, we go through difficulties, and what ends up happening, we forget the real purpose in which we're supposed to live. And so guess what? Our focus is broken, and then we stop producing fruit. And guess what happens? If you stop producing fruit in your current season, all you're doing is delaying your future harvest. So I want you to do this. Go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That was our foundational text for last week. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Because we determined last week that everything in life, including every decision, every blessing, every desire that we have, has a season connected to it. I'll say it again. Everything in life, including every decision, every blessing, every desire that we have, it has a season connected to it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, look in verse 1. It says, to everything there is a what, class? Come on, class season and then watch this now there is a time to every what purpose under heaven so we're talking about two things here it says to everything there is a season now we noted last last week the word season there means a set time an appointed time an appointed occasion so guess what there is an appointed occasion there's a season for everything you want to do in your life 
And then it says there's a time for every purpose. Now go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, look in verse 11. Because we learned last week that everything that God does in his timing will always work and it works out beautifully. Anytime you do something in your own strength, it is not necessarily guaranteed to work. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, look in verse 11. It says he, is talking about God, has made everything, what? Beautiful in whose time? In his time. So when God is trying to work something, some things out in your life, you have to trust him enough to let him do his part. Because if you try to do God's part along with your part, you're going to end up with your blessing. And we, last, we learned last week that the blessings of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow. That means if you bless yourself, it adds sorrow to your life. Amen. 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 Now, I know last week I was kind of in your face, wasn't I? <laughs> was I in your face last week? I was in y'all's face. I was like, Lord, I just don't know. But, you know, y'all needed that. <laughs> you know, you can hear about the blessings of the Lord all the time, but then you got to sometimes hear about what you need to do to get them. Yeah. Amen. Now, go to James. Well, you don't have to go there. Just write down James chapter 1, verse 5. Last week, I gave you five things that you need to do in order to change your season. And we talked about getting the wisdom of God. And then after this, we're going to jump into what I want to talk about because I need you to really come back in that train of thought because I didn't know I was going to come back to the subject matter. But we talked about accessing the wisdom of God because we learned that the wisdom of God will make our lives better. And so the first thing I told you to do to get the wisdom of God, you just need to ask. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him what? Let him ask from God. But then number two, I say, you have to to now wait and be patient to get the wisdom. And many times we're not willing to do that. We ain't heard nothing from God, and we just jump out there anyway. Here it is. You're praying about this man. I'm talking to somebody right now again. You're praying about this man that you started dating. Well, first of all, you shouldn't have dated without praying, for him, praying about it anyway. But that's okay. You jumped the gun, and now you're praying, and the Lord ain't saying nothing. I have a question for you. Why are you still dating him then? Touch the neighbor say, neighbor. I don't know who he's talking to, but are you single? think about it think about it okay if you're praying about dating the right person and you haven't gotten an answer from God while you still dating you need to tell that brother or that sister say you know what I just need to hold off for a moment I'll get back with you now if you can't do that something's wrong because a lot of times singles get tangled up and then they try to pray and it don't work like that Amen. Then number three, we said you need to get wisdom and insight from spiritual leaders, mentors, or people that you have faith and confidence in. Make sure they're not dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. Then number four, we said never move without the peace of God. You have to have the peace of God. See, the peace of God is what's going to pass all understanding. Then number five, you need to obey the instructions. Whatever God tells you to do, you need to do it. If he tells you to drop them, drop them. Drop it like it's... There you go. Now... Every season of our life, we should recognize what season we're in. And to recognize your season, first of all, you have to examine. Everybody say examine. Then number two, you need to extract. Say extract. Extract. Number three, you need to edify. Say edify. And then number four, you need to execute. Say execute. Now examine, this is taking an honest look at where you are and how you've gotten there. That's what it is. In other words, when you're in a season, you've got to know what season you're in. But to know that, you've got to examine your life. And you need to look, take a close, honest look at where you are and how you got here. And many people don't want to do that. You know why? Because they don't want to revisit the mistakes they made. Now, can I tell you a secret? A lesson unlearned is a lesson repeated. 
so it, listen, don't allow the enemy to bring condemnation on you just because you made the mistake. But you got to go back and look to make sure you don't do the same thing you did. Amen. Then number two, you need to extract. Everybody say extract. This is, this is after careful examination. You are removing or distancing yourself from any activity, any attitude, or anyone who is hindering your spiritual growth, direction, and focus. In other words, when you now start extracting, you start now saying, okay, Lord, who or what is in my life that needs to be removed and I need to distance myself from? Because guess what? The Bible says that bad company corrupts good manners. So guess what? When I'm walking with God, God is going to help me see who's in my life or what is in my life that doesn't need to be in my life. And then number three, after you, after you extract, number three, you want to edify. This is now building a foundation of new seasons by saturating your heart with the word of God. I have found many believers read the Bible on Sunday. When I, you know why I give you all so many scriptures? Because I ain't going to read them when you get home. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor. I don't know who he's talking to again. But I hope it ain't you. You know, most believers, they, not, they go home. They get the Bible. They put it in that nice sacred place. How many got one of those big old white family Bibles at home? Let me see your hand. <laughs> Y'all remember those big old white family Bibles? How many know what I'm talking about? Big old white dusty with the colors and the pictures in the front. Y'all see it? Remember that? And you can't touch it. It was on that coffee table. You touch that thing, boy, I tell you, boy. You in trouble. Normally, who did you get in trouble with? The mama. Amen. That's me. Daddy, he was like, she'll get him. <laughs> then number four, you need to execute. Everybody say execute. This is taking action by applying the word in the area that you need it so you can change your season. Amen. And I have found that obedience is triggered or the blessings are triggered once you obey. And I know obeying to believers is like a cuss word. If you want to cuss a believer, I just say, obey God. That's like cussing you out. But see, I've learned to embrace obedience. Because see, I know on the other side of obedience is the blessing. And boy, it is. I'm going to tell you something. It's not easy to obey God, but it's profitable. Did you hear what I said? I said it may not be easy to obey God, but it is profitable to obey God. Amen. And uh, those of you who are single, we've been single before now. I was single 30 years. And, 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 and there are people that I had to just, just say, I can't date you. No. And you know what? And, and if you look at their life, they still look like they were equally yoked to me. I mean, they were saved, loved the Lord, great parents, great heritage, went to church, was involved, had some goals and objectives, but they still weren't for me. Some of you all are so excited just because he's saved. You come on. I'm talking to some, I mean, you are just, boy, I tell you, you need to just calm down. You, do you know a man can know if you're desperate? Me and Dill, y'all know when y'all see a desperate lady. You know that movie, that, you know that sitcom Desperate Housewives? There are some desperate single women out there. You don't want to be like that. 
If he don't speak to you, don't speak back. Show some dignity about yourself. Do something. Don't let him know that. Just chill out because if he's for you, God's going to bring him around. Okay, I'm going to leave you alone. I'll get on the married people in just a minute, okay? Okay, okay, all right. Go to Jeremiah 17 very quickly. Jeremiah 17. Whatever season we are in as believers, we should still be producing good fruit. Regardless of whatever season, you can be in a season of trials where your faith is being tested. And even in that season of your life, you should still be producing some type of good fruit. Jeremiah, look in chapter 17. And let's look in verse 7. I want you to see this. Verse 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Verse 8. For he, he who, the man who's trusting in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, that man will be as a tree, what? Planted where? By the waters. Notice it didn't say the man or the tree was planted by Kool-Aid. You cannot put a tree in coke and it's going to grow. Man should not live by bread alone, but by by, by, by what? Every Every word. And so you got to stay by the river. He says, you go in the rivers of water and it says, this person or this tree shall not see. Where am I at? Okay, yeah. And shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit. Where am I at? Okay, I'm reading. See, that's why I need my, my good preaching Bible. Y'all need to pray. You know, I left it on the airplane. I'm believing for that Bible to come back though. That was a consecrated Bible right there. That Bible will preach if I just open it. I'm serious, man. That was Bible right there, boy. Okay, here we go. Verse 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spread out her roots by the river and shall not see, watch this now, when he comes. So even though difficulty comes, he comes, problems come, you won't even know it if you stay by the river. It says, her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease, watch this now, from yielding fruit. So regardless of what season I am in my life, I should still be able to yield fruit. Regardless of how bad things may be around me, I ought to always stay green. So whatever season you're in, you got to still produce fruit. Because let me tell you why. If you stop producing fruit in your current season, it produces and causes you to not have a harvest in the next season when you need it. Now, go to Psalm chapter 1. Go to Psalm 1. Keep your hand over in Jeremiah. We're going to probably go back to that. Uh, Go to Psalm chapter 1. Many of you know this verse. Here's my point. The production of good fruit in every season in our lives should not be situational based. In other words, most believers, I can tell when they're going through something because they stop producing fruit. They stop coming to church. They stop being involved. They stop giving. They stop witnessing. They stop letting their light shine. And you know why you stop? Because you let what you're going through contaminate you. Now watch this. Psalm 1, look in verse 1. Uh, I'm going to look in verse 3. It says, well, look in verse 2. But this, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law does he meditate day and night. And he... Or she shall be like a what? Tree. Like a tree. What's the next word? Planted. Planted where? By the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His season. Now watch this now. 
the fruit that comes, comes in your season. Now, there's not all, when you go up to a tree sometimes, it doesn't always have fruit on it. But if it's a, a live tree, it's going to be green. Look at the next part of the verse. It says, and it says, and his leaves shall also not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So guess what? Regardless of the season you're in, you have to focus now and say, I need to produce some fruit so that the next season in my life is better than this one. Now go over now, to, uh, go to John chapter 15. Go to John 15. John 15. Now, this particular piece right here, I, I typically like to at least preach one time a year. It's not my focus this morning, but it's the platform for where I want to talk about, uh, talk to you about. And, and, and this focus here is where every believer needs to know. John 15. Now, there are five ways that you can produce fruit. Five ways. You can write them down if you want to. You can produce through, fruit through your words. The Bible says a man shall eat fruit good by the fruit of his mouth. You can also uh, produce fruit through winning souls. You can also produce fruit through your wealth. You can also produce fruit through the willingness to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. You know, if you go and read Galatians chapter 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And so that's how you can know if you are producing fruit. But then the last one, which I want to focus on, is producing fruit through works. Do you know you can prove how much you love God by doing something for God? And you say, well, I love God. I ain't doing nothing for God. Well, what you going to do for me? What's going to do for me? Who is that? Shaka Khan. That's what God's saying to some of y'all. That's what God is saying. You are a bench Christian. No, I didn't say the B word. Oh, your mind is in the gutter. It's in the gutter. I said bench. Bench. B-E-N-C-H. A bench Christian. Ah, <laughs> y'all ain't saved. Y'all ain't even saved. Saved people don't think like that. <laughs> y'all thought I cussed, didn't I? Get the CD, all right. No, some of you all are bench Christians. Huh? Do it sound like I'm saying a bad word? Bench. Bench. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. It's your mind that's in the gutter. I ain't thinking like that. Okay. Some of you all are you know what Christians. How is that? Bitch Christians. Okay, John 15. You are wasting my time this morning. Watch this now. When, when we produce fruit through our works for the kingdom and for the things of God, I need you to focus on something. Unlimited asking status is yours. And that's what believers forget. They forget that when you produce works for the kingdom of God through producing fruit, you forget that you can ask God for stuff. And some of you all, you're suffering because you're not producing the fruit that you need. Watch this now. Verse 16 of chapter 15. Are you there? It says, you have not chosen me, this is Jesus talking, but I have chosen you and I ordained you that you should go and bring forth what class? Fruit. And that your fruit should remain, watch this now, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he might give it to you. What did it say? 
may give it to you. So guess what? Jesus now has given me the criteria. Whatever season I'm in in my life, if I always want to keep my asking status with God, I got to produce some fruit. So guess what? Go to Psalm 92 very quickly. Go to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Before producing fruit takes place, you got to see yourself as a seed. And some of you are right now in the current season you're in, you ain't doing nothing. You, you know what? You're going backwards. You're going backwards. You know, it, it amazes me how people come and join. You know, uh, uh, Sister Lisa told me last week, uh, we have 996 members. And it, and it shocks me, though, to, to, to see how many of those people, they come from another church, and, man, they would have they committed us here, the, the, the other church. Then they come here, and they become a bench Christian. Did I say it right? Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> what did I tell you to go? Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Okay, look in verse now uh, 13. In order to produce some fruit, you got to see yourself as a seed. Look in verse 13. Those who are what? Planted, Planted where? In the, house of the Lord. in the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish in the course of our God. So watch it. I need you to see something. Jesus told us in order to produce some fruit, you can have asking status. But to produce fruit, I have to see myself as a seed. seed. And then what did he tell me to plant myself? Now here's the deal. You can, you can attend and not be planted, but you can't be planted and not attend. So if I were to take a silent survey and just have everybody to close their eyes and say, if you're a member, don't do it. If you're a member, raise your hand and then keep your hand up. If you're doing something, I guarantee you a lot of hands will go down. But you don't see that your life can be better because producing fruit. Go to Titus real quick. Titus chapter 3. I'm going to show you that producing fruit means to produce some works. Because if, if I were you, I'd get busy. See, the reason why your season is lasting longer, that misery season, do you know why it's lasting longer? Because all you're doing is think about it. You wake up in the morning, thinking about it. You go to bed, thinking about it. You wake up and you talk about it. You go to work and you describe it to everybody. And that season is going to last longer because that's all you're focused on. Watch this now, Titus chapter 3. In order to reap consistent fruit, you must sow some consistent service in the kingdom. Titus chapter 3, look in verse, uh, look in verse 8 first. It says, this is a faithful saying, and these things will I affirm constantly, that they which believed in God, who? They which who? Okay, stop. How many believe in God? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Those who believe in God, watch what happens. They need to be careful to maintain what? Good works. Watch this now. This is very good. Because these good works, these things are profitable unto men. Jump down now to verse 13. Bring Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their journey that nothing be wanting. And let us also learn to what? Come on, class. What does it mean to maintain? Huh? It means to keep doing it. He said, let us maintain what? Good works for necessary uses so that we do not become what? Unfruitful. So watch this now. When you stop doing kingdom works, you become what? Now, if you stop being 
fruitful, Jesus said, now, we can't have no asking status. So you want to know why it sounds like, it seems like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling? Maybe because you're not doing nothing for God. Now, turn over now to go back, go to 1 Corinthians real quick. You know what? Don't turn there. I'm going to tell you what it says. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, just write it down. It says, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So it's always sometimes. So why is it that when we're going through difficult seasons in our life, we back up on God? But see, it's the devil. It's the trick. Because if I knew that if I can get you from doing and staying connected to the kingdom by doing some works in the kingdom, if I can keep you from doing that, I'm going to mess your next season up. Now, I don't know about you. I don't like dry seasons. Now, uh, go to 1 Corinthians, though, chapter 3. Let me show you this one. 1 Corinthians 3, because I'm doing pretty good with my time this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're talking about producing fruit in your season. And you know what? I know some of y'all are going, well, if my season was better, I would be doing some, producing some works. And God is saying, you produce some works in your season and get better. That was just in your face right there, wasn't it? <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 8. 1 Corinthians 3, 8. Watch this now. It says, Now he that plants and he that waters are one. And every man will receive his own reward according to his what? His labor. So my reward is based on my labor. You know, God don't have grandkids. You can't, God don't have grandkids. You know, grandkids mean that you're still in the family. No, no, no. God has sons and daughters. He don't have grandkids. You got to believe yourself in for yourself. Amen. <laughs> But it goes on to say, look now in verse, uh, look in verse 15. It says, if any man's work or fruit shall be burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Now, if you look at verse 14, it says, if any man's work or fruit abides, which he has built there upon the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, he will receive a reward. But if your man's work is burned, he will suffer loss. So guess what? Here it is. You in a dry season, difficult season, tough season of your life. And you're doing everything but something for God. And I want to push you this morning to get involved and do something. I don't care if you just have to hand a bulletin to everybody when they walk in. How you doing? Praise the Lord. If you have to just go visit somebody in the hospital. If you just have to be involved in a true group and be encouraging to somebody. But see, just sitting down doing nothing doesn't show your faith. Now, how many would like to live a life of overflow? Let me see your hand. You know, the scripture says, follow those who through faith and patience receive the promise. Follow me. You know, I believe if y'all follow me during the week, some of y'all couldn't keep up. (laughs) Amen. Now, I know my life is kind of boring because I'm pretty, I do the same thing. You know, it's pretty regimented. And and so some of you all, y'all would just fall asleep when when I was studying. Y'all be like, ooh, when is he going to finish with that? (laughs) I think I need to do a reality show. What y'all think? Boy, that would be funny if I had just had a camera following me all day. Now, I wonder what would happen if I had a camera following y'all. What would we see? How many here in leadership here? Let me see your hand. Okay. Stand up if you're in our leadership. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Look at all those people, y'all. Now, that's very good. Now, congregation, look at them real good. If you see them in a club, call me. (laughs) 
sit down, sit down, sit down. Oh, oh. <laughs> I set him up, didn't I? <laughs> Woo, okay, real quick, go to Psalm 1. Go back to Psalm 1. Go to Psalm 1. Let me give you some reasons for dry seasons and lack of fruit. Let me give you some reasons. Go to Psalm 1 real quick. Psalm 1. These are reasons why people's lives get off track and they stop producing fruit. Have you noticed? Now, I know that, you know, the devil will lie to you and say, you was just too busy in that church. But if you notice, when you were busy, though, things were going okay. You didn't have that many bills. Didn't have no 30-day lates. You know, drove nice cars. Life was okay. And now... All you focused on is you. Why? <laughs> I must be convicting her. She's just laughing, boy. <laughs> Thank you. I feel you. I feel you. I preach it to myself, too. All right. Psalm 1. Fruit stops when we decide to follow the direction, our own direction, our own dev- devices, our own designs, our own desires. That's when fruit stops. Psalm 1. Look in verse 2. Well, let's look at verse 1. It said, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor seat in the seat of, seat of the scornful. Did you notice he described three different people? First he said, do not stand or uh, listen to the counsel of the ungodly because you can be saved and act ungodly. Come on now. You can be saved. You can have friends that are saved, but they are ungodly. Then he said, don't stand in the way of sinners. If you're listening to a sinner giving you advice, that's the wrong thing right there. But then, watch this now. When we follow the design, everybody say design. Everybody say direction. And everybody say desires. When we follow those of the ungodly, the unsaved, and the unrenewed mind believers, your life is going to end up in a ditch. I closely examine people that are close to me. If I see their life getting off track, I'm going to say something to them about it. And if they don't get on track, I'm going to back up. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, anybody can backslide. You stop reading your Bible. You stop praying. You stop praying in the spirit. Man, you're going to look like, you're going to look like that dust bowl. What's that dude on Charlie Brown who had all that dirt following him everywhere he go? You're going to be a dirty Christian. And let me tell you something about an unrenewed mind. Once it shrinks back to its original state, because, see, renewing the mind is consistent. It's something you got to do all the time. Once you stop doing that, your mind goes back. And that's how you end up going back doing stuff you used to do. Now, see, the devil will tell you you're not saved. No, you're saved. You just ain't acting like it. Right? Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know he's talking to somebody right now. And you look guilty right now. Now go back to Jeremiah. Go back to Jeremiah. Go back to Jeremiah. You should have kept your tag there. Jeremiah. Fruit stops when we trust our own plans and the way that seems right to us. Fruit stops when we trust in our own plans. Jeremiah 17, look in verse 5. It says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man that trusts in himself and who makes flesh his arm." And whose heart departs from the Lord. Curse. In other words, things will not go right in your life if you depart from doing things God's way. 
And the devil will make you think, well, you'll be all right. Yeah, you are going to be all right for a little while. Because, see, seed is good for a season. But we don't know where the grace stops and judgment starts. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever done something and, and you kept, well, I got away with it the first time. How many ever stole something? Let me see your hand. Okay. All right, good. I know, now, I know there's more hands that should have been up. If you got a purse, hold your purse because somebody wasn't honest. You'll lie, you'll steal. But you know how you stole something and, and you got away with it? Yeah. First time you did it, your heart was beating real fast. And then you did it again and it got easier and easier and then you got busted. Because you should have stopped. Well, look in verse 6. For this person who trusts in himself shall be like the heat in the desert. They shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a, watch this, salt land and not inhabit it. In other words, when you do stuff your own way, and notice it says when you make flesh your arm. Your way of doing things. God tells you, you need to wait a couple of years before you do this. And you say, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it my way. Well, you can do it your way, but guess what happens? He said, now I'm going to experience drought in my life. Now, look at this one. Proverbs 14, 12, you can just write that one down. That says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. In John 15, 1, it talks about Jesus said, I am the vine and you, and you are the branches. And he says, if any, man come after, uh, if any man thirst, let him come after me. So here's my question as we get close, close to the end. What are you thirsty for right now in your life? You know how you can tell what you're thirsty for? By what you're going after. And boy, I want to trigger a thirst in your life for God like you ain't never had before. Because God got stuff for your life that you, your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard, your heart don't even understand the things he's got prepared for you. But the only way you're going to get it is you got to stay connected to the vine. Amen. Uh, go to John 7. Go to John 7. John chapter 7. Christ is the only drink that can quench your thirst. Christ, Jesus Christ, he's the only person that can quench your thirst see because some of y'all trying to quench your thirst right now i see it i see a bottle on the counter right now hennessy y'all understood that word didn't you Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't quench your thirst with drinking not liquor so with Pastor, it ain't, it ain't wrong to drink. You don't need to drink nothing. You need to get yourself connected and planted in the Word. See, once you get in the Word, the drink of Jesus tastes better than Hennessy. I wonder who drinking up in here. <laughs> do, 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 do. Middle section right here. No, I listen. Watch this. John chapter 7. Read, let's read verse 37 together. You ready? Let's read. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him go to the club. Is that what he said? What did he tell us to do? So what are you drinking instead of Jesus right now? You know, some of you all are drinking in your own worry. 
you just, in your mind, you're just turning over and over what you're going to do about this situation, what you're going to do about this situation, what you're going to do about the situation. But you haven't given it over to the Lord. He said, watch this now. He said in his word, cast your care upon who? Him. Because he cares for you. So just the fact that you got this problem that you're walking around with means that you're more thirsty for the answer to the problem than for the answerer of the problem. Watch this now. Christ is the only drink that quenches your thirst. Go to Jeremiah chapter 2 and we'll stop right here. Jeremiah 2. Hope you kept your ribbon there. Jeremiah chapter 2. We'll stop right here. Drinking from any other fountain as a primary source for fulfillment in life is like putting Kool-Aid in a car for gasoline. I'm going to say that again. Drinking from any other fountain as our primary source for fulfillment in life is like putting Kool-Aid in a car for gasoline. In other words, if you are thirsty and you're not going to Christ for your drink, it's like putting Kool-Aid in a car. You're not going to go nowhere. And I'm trying to get you plugged in because, see, I, I see a good season coming around for us. And I'm trying to get you all in position so you can stay in position because I'm going to tell you something. Do you know the blessings from the Lord? Even though they're from him, you can get so caught up in them, you can forget the Lord. That's why he told them over in the book of Deuteronomy. He said, listen, don't forget about when you when I bless you. He said, don't forget about who blessed you. So it is possible to get blessed by God and forget about him in the process. But see, when you know where the blessings come from, you'll stick with him. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 2, look in verse 13. It says this. For my people have committed how many evils? Two evils. Let's see what they are. They have forsaken me, the fountain of what kind of waters? That sounds like what we were talking about over there with Jesus, right? He said, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Notice he, he described himself as a fountain. Because a fountain never runs dry. Then he says, they have cut out for themselves cisterns. A cistern was nothing but a a, a big, uh, like a swimming pool, something that held water. He said, they have cut out cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. In other words, what cistern do you have in your life right now that's not holding water? It might be a relationship. Now, if you're married, I'm not telling you to leave your wife or your husband. Because that's not a broken cistern. That's just a broken relationship that needs to be fixed. Amen. You know, because if you look for a reason to get out of your marriage, you'll find one. And there are some people in here, you are silently contemplating getting the divorce. And the Lord is telling you this morning, you're thinking wrong. He didn't create marriage for marriage to be divorced. And you say, well, pastor, you don't know what we're going through. Don't matter. God knows what you're going through. And with God, how many things are possible? So why don't you use your faith that you bought that car with to get your marriage back together? I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm going to find your street in a minute. You know, it's amazing. We can use our faith for cars, for cash, for cribs, but we don't want to use our faith for stuff like our marriage. How many in here married? Let me see your hand. Praise the Lord. How many want to stay married? Raise your hand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I saw some hands go down. <laughs> 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 I 
I believe there are some good seasons coming. There are some people in the room, you're in a bad season. And it was created by some choices you made. And today is the end of that season. If you will believe with me, I'm telling you, this is it. There's one major thing to cause your season shift to change. And that is your willingness to follow him with all your heart. That don't mean you're not going to mess up. That just means that you've decided, Lord, this is it. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, right there at your seat, you may be here this morning. And you are in a bad season right now. You're in a bad season.